0: It was just over a year ago that Hurricane Harvey devastated the southern coast of the United States, and in a span of a few days, over 40 inches of rain fell throughout several Houston areas, including, they estimate approximately, get this, 30 trillion gallons of water were dropped in the storm. And in the midst of the devastation and just the costly damage of the storm were examples of of heroism, not just of emergency service workers, but of ordinary everyday people. One of those stories I I came across recently um, was of an elderly man who was driving down the road, roads of all of which were covered with water. And he got a little too close to one side and next thing he knew his suv was being swept away down into a river and it was the water was escalating quickly up over his vehicle ordinary citizens saw this and they jumped out of the car they started asking does anyone have a rope does someone have have anything and no one had any equipment to save him and so they started a human chain and walked out, several of them holding on to each other, literally for dear life, to go out and help rescue this man, which they were able to do, to bring him back and to reunite him safely with the son that he was going to visit. See, community literally saved this man's life. He would have been lost without it. And for us as individuals in our world today, Community is not just an optional thing for us. It's essential if we're gonna grow and have the relationship with God that he desires for us. We so often try and practice, it's the temptation in our world to practice solo Christianity. I can do this on my own, but solo Christianity leads to stagnant Christianity. And it's not the path that God has laid out for his people. To be the church that God has called us to be, we have to be part of a local church. To be the church, we have to be a part of the church. Now I get there's a sense of irony in telling people gathered to church on a Sunday morning that they need to go to church on a Sunday morning. It's like if you're gonna go up to Wrigley this afternoon and say, hey, you'll need to cheer for the Cubs, like you didn't know that already. So for many of you, I hope this reminder today is just an encouragement to continue in the commitment that you've made for a long time in the value of not just representing Jesus for the 167 hours of our week, but the importance of this one hour we gather together. But for others of us, perhaps we're like the girl in the video we watched who we've snuck in this morning, intentionally not talking to anyone, sitting somewhere. Everyone in the back row of the balcony got really nervous when she said that comment. There was like, that's not me, don't look at me. But, but we're, this is our church, but we don't sense the community. It's not what God would have all of that for us. We're missing out. And right now, watching online, there's likely around 1,000 people who are streaming our service live every Sunday. Many more who will watch the sermon throughout the week, and many of them are watching due to illness or other reasons why they can't travel to church. But there's many people who, instead of making the commitment to go to a place, just say, I'll, I'll just sit home. I'll just watch it. It'll be at my convenience. Many times we push against being a part of a local church due to things that have happened to us in our lives. Some of us have been hurt by people at the church. We've been damaged and we've been, just had difficult situations cast upon us. And it's hard sometimes to go to church. Friends, the church has its faults. The church is not perfect, but the church is worth fighting for and the church is worth committing to. This morning, our passage, we're going to continue in Acts chapter 2, looking at the last six verses. Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. We get this inside look at what the early church life was like immediately following the day of Pentecost, where the Spirit came down, indwelled believers, thousands were saved, and now we get this, this inside glimpse into what their life was like as the early church. all day and day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. This morning as we look at this passage, we're gonna look at four reasons why we need the church. Four reasons why in our world today, the church is not just something that people needed 2000 years ago, but why today do we need the importance of gathering together as God's people? Why do we need the church today? The first reason we need the church is we need the church for corporate worship. We need to gather together as God's people for corporate worship. Acts 2 42 says this, they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. We get a glimpse of what a service, what, what happened when they gathered together. We're told that the apostles were teaching, that they were declaring the death, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Likely they're teaching for wondering what it looked like. The easiest glance is to look at the rest of your new Testament to see that they were talking about Jesus and not just good theology, but how that changes our lives. And how we can honor him in the situations in which God's placed us. They committed themselves to the breaking of bread. To to what we would call communion. Their, Their gathering likely often included a meal as well. But it often included this idea of remembering the Lord's supper. As he commanded his followers to do. And which we will do as we gather here this morning. They committed themselves to prayer realizing that the mission of the church, the mission God gave them, was something they couldn't do by themselves. And they needed God's help. And so prayer was a vital part of their gathering together as God's people. We're told throughout the New Testament that scripture was commonly read as the people of God gathered together. That singing, we see this in Colossians and Ephesians, that that music and singing were a regular part of their worship as well. So often in our world today, we've taken corporate worship and turned it into a personal practice. Think about it. In all of human history, we have access to so much that people for thousands of years didn't have. You don't have to come to church on a Sunday morning if that's that's not the only place you can hear a sermon. If you're like me, your phone is filled with podcasts of great communicators of God's word. And you can get a good sermon anytime you want, anywhere in the world, any hour of the day. The only time you can worship God through singing isn't when you come on a Sunday morning. You can pull up a playlist and you can listen to thousands of songs by hundreds of artists. And guess what? They're the exact ones you want to play. You get to pick and put together the exact music you want to listen to. So why do we need more than a sermon podcast and a Spotify playlist? Why is that not enough for what God has called us? Why do we need to worship together? First, we need to worship together because we need worship modeled to us. We need worship modeled to us. Jesus not only taught his disciples to pray, he prayed with them. And some of the times I've learned the most about prayer isn't from a book I've read, but when I've been at church and I've said to myself, as many of you have, I hope someday I can pray like that person. They've modeled for us what it means to worship God. When we come together and bring all of the burdens of our week together and suddenly we're here surrounded by God's people worshiping God together, it does something, it lifts our spirits and we worship God together in a way that we cannot worship God when it's just at home by ourselves. The second reason we need the church, it's not just we need it modeled, but we need spiritual authority in our lives. Oftentimes we like to rebel against authority, but we need authority. We need a church leadership to guide over us. We need accountability in our lives. If you stop listening to that podcast or turn the playlist off, no one knows but we should have accountability so that we are guided in our walk with God so that people know us and hold us accountable to what God would have us do and how to live our lives. We not just need worship model, we need spiritual authority, but third, we need the focus off of ourselves. So much of what we call worship today is our personal preferences. We go home, I didn't like the worship today. There wasn't enough of this instrument. The music was too much like this. I didn't like worship. Friends, worship isn't about what you like. It's about God. Worship is not about our personal preference. Worship is about glorifying the God of the universe. And as we gather together as the church and we sing songs that we wouldn't listen to, we hear texts preached that we wouldn't automatically want to hear that text preached about, We do things together that we wouldn't do and it takes the focus off of our preferences and puts them back on to God. The fourth reason we need to worship together is we need to obey scripture. We need to obey scripture. If you're a follower of God, then obedience to God's word should be paramount on our list of priorities. And the Bible's clear as we read one of the passages in which it talks about meeting together in Hebrews chapter 10 that we're to do it regularly, not to forsake meeting together as God's people. Friends, we need to worship together. It's good to have playlists and podcasts that can supplement what we get as we worship together. But the temptation can be that that can just replace what happens on a Sunday morning. The reality is it can't. There's so much more that happens when God's people gather that if you're not able to be here, you're just missing out. We need to worship together as God's people. So the first reason that we need the church today is we need the church for corporate worship. The second reason that we need the church is for a loving community. The second reason we need the church today is for the loving community that it brings. Acts 2 says this, It says, all who believed were together and had all things in common. In chapter 4, this characterization of the church says the full number of those believed were of one heart and soul. They were a community, not just of people gathered together, but of true love and passion for God and his word. Our world today is so connected, yet so alone. A study came out this spring studying 20,000 Americans and said about half of the US population would be considered lonely. They don't have people in their lives who they feel love them. They don't have someone who they could go and talk to, which led the researchers to conclude that there is a loneliness epidemic in America today. Friends, we need the church because we need to be here for each other. Whether you're lonely and you need friends or whether you're that person that needs to reach out to the lonely, we need the loving community that the church can offer. The spiritual gifts that God gave you were not meant to be practiced by yourself, but in the church. The fruit of the spirit aren't things that can be true in your life by yourself, but they're only true in relationships and with community with other people. Solo Christianity leads to stagnant Christianity. The Bible's clear that we're to not just live lives on our own, but to live our lives with God's people, with others around us. One of the biggest obstacles to community at our church, specifically here, can be the size of it. It's easy to show up on a Sunday morning, to slip in, to leave, and to never see the same person for weeks at a time. And it's easy sometimes to fly by, call Moody Church your church, but a loving community isn't what you would describe as the church. So how can we find community at a big church? How can we discover loving community like this at a larger church? The first is simple, show up. All right, if you're not here, it's not gonna happen. It's not rocket science. If you wanna experience loving community, you have to be here. Studies say that the average church attender attends church much less now than they did 10 or 20 years ago. We say, oh, I go to church all the time, twice a month. Someone you see for two hours a month you can't experience community with. Show up when the church gathers together. The second, not just show up, but make an effort. Make an effort to strive for community here at our church. One of the things that a parent may say as a younger, as um, one of their kids starts school, maybe in preschool or kindergarten, and they send them off to their first day is something like this, hey, make friends today. Make friends. In other words, put forth the effort to find friendship where God has placed you. Yet so often as adults, we'll show up to a place, no one caters to our needs, we sit in the back, we cross our arms, we have to go, there's no one friendly there. They're mean and they're cruel. And we never went out of the way to say hi to anyone. We didn't make an effort at all. There's so many other ways that you can build community besides just this service. Check out one of our TMT communities, join a small group, go to the connection corner, go to the next steps class, go to an equipping class. There are limitless options, but make an effort. If this is where God's placed you and you haven't sensed loving community, keep making an effort. Before that. The third way we can find community at a big church is to start serving. To start serving. This was the key for me. See I came to this church before I worked at this church and what I would do is how that girl described her church attendance in the video is often my church experience for probably over a year here at Moody Church. I would sneak in this entrance because there was hardly any lobby, go right upstairs, not make eye contact with anyone but the person I got the bulletin from, sit in the balcony back in this corner, which I still sit in the balcony, so it's okay to sit in the balcony. But I would sit in the balcony. As soon as the last song was sung and the prayer was prayed, I would get up, I would leave, I'd be right back on LaSalle in less than one minute and I would be gone. And if people asked me, where do you go to church? Oh, I go to Moody Church. Really, do you have a lot of friends there? No, not really. What changed it for me is when I started serving. When the gifts that God gave me, I realized this isn't just for me, but I actually need to contribute and I can do something more here than just view church as something for me. When we serve, it not only gives us the blessing of using the gifts God gives us, but it often rewards us with a loving community as well. If you're at our church and you're here regularly and you haven't found community yet, can I encourage you? Don't give up. It can be hard. You have to make an effort. You may have to try a few times. You may have to start serving in a few different places to find it. But the community that God has for us as Christians is worth fighting for. And I hope that you can continue to fight for the community that God wants to describe and to be true in our lives here at Moody Church. So the third reason that we need the church, first we saw we need it for corporate worship. Second, we need the church for the loving community. Third, we need the church to practice generosity. To practice generosity in our lives. Acts 2 says this, verse 45, They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as anyone had need. Now this passage shows us this radical generosity that the people of God had for each other. It's not saying that the expectation of a church person is to sell everything you own, to give it all to everyone, and to not own any possessions or have any money. That's not the standard. That's not what God is calling us to do. But the reality is they saw the need in the church. And they made real sacrifices to give not just of their time, their love, but of their resources and their money to the work that God was doing. They saw the need and then they went out and they met it. We are inundated every hour we're not here with messages of the American dream, messages of selfishness and greed at times. What if I told you that perhaps the American dream doesn't line up to biblical reality that God has for his people? God's greatest goal for our lives isn't to accumulate enough wealth that we don't have to work and do nothing when we get old. That's not God's greatest dream for our lives. And so often we need the church because the church should shock us out of our selfishness and remind us over and over again that all we have, including our money, is God's. So you may say, okay, that's fine to be a generous person, I get that, but but why should we give to the church, right? There's lots of great institutions out there that are doing great work. Why do we give to the church, where is that? Well, first, giving to the church is modeled biblically. It's modeled throughout the Bible. Regularly in the New Testament, we see gatherings of money given, not just for other causes, but specifically for local churches and local congregations that God calls us to give up of our resources. Second, it's not only modeled biblically, but we see that the church is the only God-ordained institution in our world. There's lots of great charities that are doing lots of great work in the city of Chicago. They're worthy of your time and your money. But the church is what God set up to carry out the mission of Jesus till he comes again. No other organization has that, just the local church. And if God has set up his church to carry out his mission to the world, then we should participate in carrying that out as well. The third reason why we should give to the church is that we share the same mission, or at least we should. The mission of the church should be the mission of our lives, to see disciples grown in the gospel preached to all people. And if that's the mission of our lives, how could we not give of our money to further support that mission so that more people could hear and know about Jesus Christ? See, the reality is, though, that we often give very little of our money. Pastor Bill last week mentioned the statistic that that we give 3%, the average American gives 3% of their income to the local church. Now, Pastor Bill is a generous guy. He's very loving and kind because lots of studies suggest that it could actually be 2.5%, which when it comes to all our incomes, 0.5% is a lot of money. See, we are not as generous as God would have us be. This statistic reflects our church. This isn't every other church in Chicago and Moody Church is set apart. We're the gold standard. This is our church, too. The reality is, if you're saying, well, once I get more money, I'll give, Study says that the more money you have, the lower percentage you give to the church. The more money you have that you make, the lower percentage on average that people will give to the local church. Now I realize that for some of you, you're like, I was tracking with you, talking about worship, you're talking about community, and now you talked about money again and that's why I don't like going to church. Why does it always come back to money with you guys? You're like, I'm done, I had it until they got to this. Friends, we talk about money, because according to Jesus, generosity is not a money issue, it's a heart issue. Generosity is not a money issue, it's a heart issue. And if you're here visiting this morning, we don't expect you to give. We're not here for your money. But if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, and you're committed to his local church. Generosity is not just a money issue. We're not after certain percentages or numbers. We're after the fact that God wants your heart. And when we aren't generous people, it's saying more about us than it is about anything else. It's saying that our hearts aren't where they should be. We need the church to shock us out of our selfishness And to bring us back weekly to remind ourselves that all we have is God's, including our bank accounts. We need the church because it will help us practice generosity. Well, first we see the church was needed for corporate worship, for loving community, third to practice generosity. Fourth, we need the church for the powerful witness that it is. We need the local church for the powerful witness that it is. The last two verses of Acts chapter two say this, and day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day, those who were being saved. See, this early church was a growing church. They weren't growing because they were drawing people out of other churches, but because of the work God was doing as they met together, there was something special going on. In fact, the church was living out what Jesus called his followers to do in John chapter 17. Jesus prays this prayer. He says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you that they may also be in us, why does God want our unity? So that the world may believe that you have sent me. When the church gathers together as the people of God, it's a visible picture of the power of the gospel and the testimony that Jesus is Lord of all. There's a powerful thing that happens to the world when they see the church gathered together. It's true that the Spirit of God is given to each and every one of us, and we should represent Jesus for the 167 hours of our week when we're not here. But as that one hour a week happens, and God's people gather together, the way we are, the the unity we have, the church should stand out to the world so they see us and they say, something's different. The Spirit works together as we are here to be a witness to the world that it's impossible for you or for me to have by ourselves. There's a witness that happens only when we gather that never can happen when we're by ourselves. See, our world today, and in our country today, if you were to describe our world in one word, it could be this word, divided. As you look out, and we've seen constant reminders of this recently, The division that our world faces on everything. Do you remember the good old days when you would go on social media to like look at pictures of your friends, kids and like funny cat videos? Like those are the good old days. I I saw a joke recently. You know what it takes to get attacked online in 2018? Have an opinion about anything and attacks will come your way. And our world is more divided than ever. And so how should the church look in a divided world, in a divided culture that sets up walls and arguments and boundaries over everything? The church, not to be divided, the church needs to stand united. The church can stand united. The unity of the church, of this church in Chicago in 2018, has the opportunity to be a powerful witness to our city that none of us by ourselves can have. The reality is there's a unity here between us because we're all here today, we're all sinners and we're all in need of a great savior. The unity we share in the spirit because that we share the same savior for our sins is greater than any division that the world could look at. And the unity that we experience here should be a powerful witness to the world. It's something that cannot happen anywhere else. Where else in our world today can Democrats and Republicans, can people from the north side, the south side, the west side, the suburbs, can people from any racial or ethnic background, can people who are millionaires and people who make minimum wage sit right next to each other in the same seats and have unity? It doesn't happen anywhere else but in the church. We have the opportunity in this time, in this place, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, to be a powerful testimony to our city. Just look around this room for a minute. Look around. Who could do this? God. Only God. There's no other reason that this church and these people would be gathered here today if it weren't for God and the Spirit at work inside each and every one of us. The passage started in verse 42. It said that these early church, these new converts, followers of Jesus, devoted themselves to meeting together. They devoted themselves. Not if my schedule allows, not if it's convenient this weekend, but they were devoted to each other and devoted to gathering together. There's lots of things that come to mind when I think of devotion, but one of them that comes to mind is the soldiers, the men and women who guard the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier in Arlington. If you've ever been there, you've seen what an amazing thing it is. That for decades, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, every day throughout the year, no matter the conditions around them, they're dedicated, they're devoted to what their task is. As we are the church in Chicago in 2018, we need followers of Jesus Christ who are devoted to the local church. We need followers of Jesus Christ whose decision to come to church isn't based on how their week was, how next week looks, what plans do we have today, but who say, no, I am devoted to this place, to this gathering, to the people of God, and I am going. We are devoted to the church. For many of you that may seem hard, take the risk. Try being devoted to the church. God's plan for our lives was not to be isolated. Solo Christianity leads to stagnant Christianity. We need each other to worship God together to learn that, to have the loving community that only can be true in this place as we meet, to regularly pull us out of our selfishness to practice generosity. We need each other to be a powerful witness to our city and to our world of the unifying work the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the church. We thank you for the fact that we can gather here today as your people, called from people all over the world of every different background. But God, united we are in Jesus Christ and by the Holy Spirit. God, would our church be one characterized by a loving community for each other? Would you teach us to practice generosity? God, would our church be a powerful witness to the world in this time and in this place that you've called us? God, may that be our prayer, that together we would represent you well to this city. We pray this in Jesus' name.